Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. Hello and welcome. I'm Lindsay Adams and I am interviewing our co-host today, my normal co-host of the Top 5 Podcast, Rail Bricker. Welcome, Rail. Thank you, Lindsay. Now, Rail, uh, talking all things strategy, in fact, it's the top five tips for a sustainable strategy. And strategy is an interesting beast in organisations. Some people do it really well and others, hmm. So help us understand, what's your top five? What's number one? So number one is about understanding the organisation. In other words, the three the three things, what has happened in the organisation? In other words, the history, the past, where did we, how do we get to this point? What is happening? And that's looking a little bit broader at, at the society, the environment in which we operate, and really having some picture of where to from here. The, the, the key to all the creating a sustainable strategy is understanding that every organization's strategy is different. And so the, the strategy part of it has to rely on some key building blocks. And the first three of the tips I'm going to talk about today are all those three building blocks. Because when we put the building blocks into place, then we can create the basics for our sustainable strategy. So this first tip really takes us on a journey of discovery on a greater level of just understanding the journey that we're on and where we want to take the journey, what road, which which fork in the road we're going to take from here on in. Okay, so uh, tip number two. So at the same time as doing all this work around the organisation and understanding the organisation, we also need to make sure that the leadership team align both their personal and business goals. So we're not saying that everybody has to eat, sleep, live and breathe an organisation. That's not what it's about. It's about making sure that the leaders, and, and in a previous episode when I spoke about culture, I spoke about visible leadership and openness. Well, this aligns exactly with that. This is saying that the leadership have to at least bring some of their personal goals into alignment with the business because you know, if the business's um, uh, purpose is to, you know, sustainability and recyclability, and the chief executive is driving a, you know, a V8 Hummer that, you know, you drive from petrol station to petrol station just to <laughs> refill it, uh, it doesn't, doesn't quite fit. <laughs> yeah, it does. There's no alignment. And therefore, how do you do that? So, in order to create the strategy, we have to bring everyone along the journey. You know, the, in leadership, we talk about, you know, leading self, then leading teams, and then uh, leading others, and then leading teams. And it's that alignment. It's about bringing, making sure that the leadership know what they're struggling with in their strategies and align those with the business strategies. Okay, so uh, that's tip number two. What's tip number three then? So tip number three is to actually use tools that are at our disposal to actually put these first two into, into some practical terms. So for many years, and going back to the 80s when I was at business school and we learned about SWOT analysis, and sometimes you mention SWOT and everyone goes, oh, not that thing again. Well, <laughs> the, the truth of it is 
that those four simple things, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, actually give you the first two, the strengths and weaknesses, actually tell you what happened. Where did the organization go? What are our strengths? If we were to sit back and look at the history of the organization, what makes it strong and where are the weaknesses? And the O and the T, the opportunities and the threats, really tell us to in, in our current environment, what are the opportunities and, 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 where, and what are the threats? And the same thing is those opportunities give us the where to from here. Now, a lot of people use something called pestle analysis now, which is political, economic, social, technological, environmental, um, and legal. Well, it doesn't matter if you use a pestle analysis or a SWOT analysis, but what you're doing is you're getting the collective corporate brain to a point where you are saying, this is what happened, this is what is happening, and where to from here. And once you get to those points, it suddenly highlights the, the strategy that pops out of it because everyone's different. Every organization's strategy is going to be different. But if we know, if we've drawn the line in the sand after those first three, that says we know where we are, we know what the opportunities are, and we know what the threats are, then we can move on to the fourth tip. Now, I think just taking the time sometimes to sit down and review makes such a difference, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, if we don't review, if we don't spend enough time understanding the past, we 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 struggle to define the future. The now, future. often, yeah. you know, you know, we, when you look at, at at visionaries in the world like Elon Musk, and and designing electric cars and and rockets and all sorts of things like that, and PayPal in his past and all those things, the truth of it is that came out of looking at what are his strengths and what are his weaknesses or what are the organizational strengths and weaknesses. And then more importantly, they set a strategy based on the opportunities and threats out there. And so it's a very useful exercise to keep going back and reviewing because it also is a way of breathing. You know, it's a time to take a deep breath and say, you know what, we've always done that well. That is a strength of this organization. And do we see it being a strength in the future? That's the secondary question you ask yourself is we've always been, you know, Kodak. You know, what did Kodak do at that period when film, which has actually made a big comeback in, in, in 2022 and beyond, but, but for a long period, Kodak film was not a major product of theirs, but yet they defined themselves as being in the film business. And, and so they used that same technology, that strength of being able to print high-quality film to becoming one of the world-leading document processing businesses to print high-quality documents on large scale. So plans, et cetera, was one of the strategies that Kodak used based on their strength, which is the quality of their printing. Okay, so we've looked at the past. We're going to gaze toward the future. What's tip number four? So the tip number four is to have a shared strategy. So it means that not only that the, the C-suite and need to go to the top of the mountain, I always, you know, on stage, I make the comment that a lot of the C-suites go to the mountain, smoke, a, smoke some weed and get these <laughs> visionary ideas and come back and try and impose them on the organization. And, you know, you don't necessarily want an entire organization trying to define the strategy, but you do want more than the C-suite. You do want the input from your middle management. Yeah. 
you do want, and, and it's also good for motivation because they feel part of the process and they buy into the process. But then the second part of that, of the shared strategy, is having it accessible. So a lot of organizations end up and they've got uh, the, 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 the secretarial or admin staff furiously scribing notes and they produce a 50-page document that's beautifully bound and every participant in the, in the strategic planning session gets a copy and all it does is goes on their shelf and gathers dust till next year's strategic planning. So I work with people and organizations on a pop, a plan on a page. Being able to define your strategic vision, your strategic uh, direction by one page. And that's, that is then a page that everyone in the organization understands the format and everybody can say, yep, I get it. I get where we're going. And if we, if we delve into what is on that page, it's actually only three columns on the page. And the middle column is the product that we produce the service that we're offering, and the questions around that value proposition, are people prepared to pay for our product and service? And if so, how much are they prepared to pay? So that's the middle. That's the binding. Because as an organization, and it's often you'll get organizations go, oh, we don't sell product. Well, everybody sells. You sell something or other, no matter what your organization does, even though you might not explicitly see it as selling. So if the middle of this model is, is the product, the value proposition that we add, if we're visualizing it, on the right-hand side, we have our customers, our target market. So, you know, in one of the interviews with you, you spoke about defining your target market. Well, it's defining the target market. It's defining the customers that we want to deal with, that we get happiness dealing with. Our positioning of the business. How is the business positioned in the market compared to our competitors. All those things about the externality of the business, the factors that are external to the business, so customers, market, etc. that's on the right-hand side. And there's a link. You actually physically write in the middle column, product A, product B, product C, and you actually draw a line to the right-hand side to your customers and say product a, it appeals to customers one, two, and three. Product B appeals to customers one, four, and seven. And then you get a much clearer picture of what your messaging and everything needs to be to deal with those customers. And the last column is on the left, and that's the internal column. And that is all the resources that we need as a business to produce the value proposition to meet our customers' demands. So it's a very simple straight line. And then we often overlook the resources part of it. We don't actually say, well, yep, great. We need three more staff. We need five more computers, physical stuff or cost bases. But we also need potentially to license some intellectual property to be able to provide that value proposition. And that's what appeals to me about strategy is that every single company, every single person, every single organization is different. There are no two organizations that have the same strategy. And that's, as for me as a consultant, that's the appeal of, wow, everybody has a different view of the world, and I love that. And yeah. so if we, if we have the shared strategy on a one page where the left-hand side is what do we need 
to create the middle of the page, which is the value proposition, and getting to the right-hand side of the page, which is delivering it to the greater world external to our organization, then everybody in the organization can see how we work and what we do, and more importantly, how they contribute to the success of that strategy. Okay, so then what's tip number five, the final one to wrap it up? The final one is that once we've got this shared strategy, everybody needs to understand their goals that they have to achieve in order to get to that strategy. So, you know, a lot of gurus over years have gone out with this, write your goals on a yellow sticky note and stick it on your mirror and look at it when you shave or, or do your makeup in the mornings. And the problem with those type of goals is that they stand alone. In other words, you look at this goal and it says, have to get 20 customers this month. And so it, it, your brain just ignores it because it's just like this, this goal in cyberspace. But if you actually take that to a bit more practical terms, and I call this the five W's. So the five W's are when are we setting our goal for? So you actually define a time, three months, six months, 12 months, doesn't matter. If nothing else, the pandemic of 2020 and 2021 has taught us that probably goal-setting scenarios are a year or two and not 10 and 20. And like some organizations, we're talking of 100-year goals. Not quite sure how they're going to do that given the, the chaos. So you yeah. set a goal and you say, right, in three months' time. And then you say, the second W is where? Where am I? And so this is defining for your brain, for this little thing in the back of your head called the reticular activating system. You are pre-programming that to understand that you've already achieved this goal. In your brain, it's already done. And so where am I? So I'm sitting at, and, and one of the classics was as a, a person who was on one of my programs, um, and she said she could visualize the team Christmas party, and this was in the middle of the pandemic, she said you could visualize the team Christmas party in, in December of that year. And I said, great, where are you? She said, we're sitting around at our house having a barbecue. I said, fantastic. It doesn't have to be a lofty goal. We're sitting on the, the top of the Ritz-Carlton or anything like that. And she said, and I said, that was the second of the W's, the where. And then I said, so what are you doing? And she said, we're drinking lots of beers and champagne. I said, fantastic. So you, you've defined, your brain can already see the barbecue at your house drinking champagne. So the fourth of the W's is with who? And she said, well, it's the whole team. And my objective is to make sure that the team I have today is still there in six months' time and we've survived the pandemic. And I thought, that's great. And now the fifth of the W's is why are you celebrating? And she said, because we've made it to the end of the, of the year without losing any staff members. And I thought that was really nice. interesting. So we didn't get to defining the goal. So her goal that she had stuck on the mirror was try and keep all the staff employed. But once she visualized it as, as this whole um, process of having the Christmas party with all the staff and a barbecue, et cetera, et cetera, her brain said, yep, we've achieved the goal, even though we it had- It makes it real, doesn't it? It, it becomes real. It becomes very, very uh, tangible. And the brain can't distinguish between vividly imagined reality and reality itself. And so, therefore, your 
motivation for achieving that goal is much greater because you're visualizing it as if it's already happened. And so that's the last, is that once we've set up the strategy and we've got our plan, everyone in the organization has to set their individual goals required to achieve that plan and use the five W's to actually visualize their goals. Okay, I love it. So um, the top five tips for a sustainable strategy, tip number one, what happened? What's happening and where to from here? Tip number two, uh, have alignment of leadership, personal and business. Uh, tip number three is the SWOT or, or, or perhaps the PESTEL. Uh, tip number four, the shared strategy, have a plan on a page. And tip number five, the five W's, uh, and that's all about visualising your goals. Rail, you've nailed it. You made it really clear for us. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Top 5 Podcast. Thank you very much, Lindsay.